Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. We've been looking at this season and, um, you know, as a church, we want to move forward. We want to understand what the future looks like. Um, These are unprecedented times and and of course, you know, the future depends on how we navigate uh, this season and the road ahead. And ever since the beginning of the year, you may have heard a word uh, called reset. That's kind of been the buzzword. You know, we came back after, you know, uh, a horrible season through the worst of, of COVID and, and uh, turned the world upside down. And, and being on the other side of that, you know, we, we, we kind of want to get things back to normal, don't we? We kind of want to get through that season and say, oh, my goodness, that's finished, that's done. Let's get back to normal. So this, this word reset became quite vogue. You know, it was like reset. That makes sense. Let's get back to where we were. But, you know, the more I've thought about it, um, uh, the word reset means this. It means to set again as in an alarm clock or to reset uh, a broken bone. In other words, let's just get stuff back to, to where it was. We want it to where it was. But, you know, as I've looked at this, I, I don't think that's the word for us. You know, I don't think the word is reset. I think the word is to reinvent, to reinvent. You know, one definition of, of the word reinvent is to create a new to take something that is already existing but make it better than it was before. Amen? Not just to reset to go back to what we had, but to reinvent what the church looks like in going forward so we make it better. We make it stronger. Powerful word. If you put this in, you know, in, in, the, in the church context, um, you know, we can't go back to what was. I mean, you know, pre-COVID was, uh, we were doing great. Church was firing, everything was happening, multiple services, you know, thousands of people gathering. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, it was fantastic. But for many, it didn't last the fire. Many didn't make it through COVID. And, uh, you know, what the stats are telling us that, you know, in churches across Australia is that post-COVID, 40% of our church attendance is down. 40%. And not only in Australia, but, you know, I talk to pastors in, in three countries, America, New Zealand, it's the same story. Something happened in that COVID season Something happened going through the fire where 40% were scattered. I don't want to reset that. I don't want to reset that. So whatever we did wasn't strong enough to last. I want to reinvent something better, something stronger that will stand whatever challenge comes against us in the future. 
See, as a believer, if your Christianity revolved around church attendance, then when the church was shut, you were lost. If it was just a Sunday deal for you, if it was just, you know, I go to church and love it, yeah, good, and then, you, you know, you go home and next week, you know, Sunday church, you know, well, when the church was shut, you had nothing. You had nothing. But if your Christianity was based on a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, then nothing can stop you. Nothing can hold you back. I want to have a look at three things we need to reinvent this morning. Three things we need to reinvent. The first one is we need to reinvent the purpose of the word. Now hear me, I'm not saying reinvent the word. You can't do that. The the word is absolute. But to reinvent in our minds the purpose, to reinvent in our lives the purpose of the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, The word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And we have to reinvent that into our lives. I think it's, 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 it's for me, it's, it's not about a law, so we are judged. But the word is a guide so we can grow. A guide so that we can grow. The word picture that the psalmist is painting here, you know, is is that um, you don't have to stumble in the dark. You don't have to stumble in the dark. The Word is there to show you a safer way to do your journey. A safer way. It's going to bring illumination into your life. You're going to see things that you didn't see before. And as you apply those things, then all of a sudden the path gets clearer. If you've ever travelled overseas or, or gone to a place where, you know, you've you just never been there before. First thing I do when I go uh, overseas is uh, I rent a car with a GPS. Who does that? GPS. Um, I've got to have it. Now, I don't often listen to it, but, but I've got to have it. I, I sometimes get this feel. No, I think we should be going in this direction, you know, um, until the GPS or, or Annie corrects me um, and uh, we get back on track. I like to wing it sometimes. But, you know, the GPS, every time I turn it on and, uh, and I put in a, an address into the GPS, the GPS doesn't judge me and say, what, you don't know where that is? Everybody knows where that address is. What's wrong with you? doesn't do that, does it? No, it just, it just guides me to the destination that I need to go. That's what it does. simply gives me instructions to get to my destination safely. And here's the thing. You can carry the lamp with you on the path, but it will only benefit you if you turn the lamp on. You're hearing me? If you don't turn the lamp on, you're still in the dark. You can have the most expensive GPS in the world. But if you don't do what it tells you, it's useless, as I have discovered. I have discovered. And this is what I've discovered as well. 
People want to know, but people don't want to grow. See, they want to know, but they don't want to apply it. They want deeper teaching. They want fresh revelation. They want greater understanding. But they're not applying what they already know now. Are you with me? We've got to reinvent the purpose of the word. The purpose of the word is to, is to you know, cause us to rise up and to apply what it says and to build something that will last through every challenge, through every fire. Because that's the power that's in this word. Knowing the word is great, but applying the word to our lives is, is what builds a stronger and better future. The deception is this. If I know more of the word in my life, it, my life will be better. No. No. If I apply what I know, then my life will be better. You with me? That's how it is. We need to reinvent the purpose of the word in our lives. I love, I love 106. If you look at verse 106 there, it says, I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. This guy's fair dinkum. This guy is absolute. This guy is, he's serious. Like you show me the word, I'll apply it. There's no attitude in that. There's no cultural reference in that. There's no situational ethics in that. It's you show me the word and I'll apply it. You, you light that lamp to my feet, I'll walk that path. You illuminate this to me and I tell you, I will get to my destination safely. No turning back. Whatever challenge comes before me, I'll be stronger on the other side. The second thing we need to reinvent is, is why I come to church. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I have to tell you that a sharp Christian is more attractive than a dull one. It's true, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're getting a lot better today, but yet those Christian movies you used to watch were lame. What was that? Lame. No one got blown up. It's just lame. Good news is this. I have to tell you today, it's sharpening time. It's sharpening time. You see, in a previous life before COVID, many Christians came to church because that was just what they liked to do. They liked it. They liked coming. They had their favorite songs. They um, had great preaching from Pastor Ann. Great preaching. Grab a scone and cream on the way out. You know, high five someone or say good day to someone and and uh, nothing really ever changed. Guess what? They never made it through the fire. 
They never made it through the fire. I don't want to reset that. I don't want to reset that. I want to reinvent that the reason I come to church is because I need to be sharp. I need to be sharp. I don't just warm a seat. I'm a force to be reckoned with. I'm a testimony about to happen. I'm a life about to change. And the good news is in church, we've got our brothers and sisters to help us. See, church is not perfect, but it's the best place to be. Church is not perfect because there's people in it. But it's the best place to be. Make no mistake. Now, you may know that I, I'm a third-generation butcher. So I know a little thing about sharpening knives. Now, if you were to ask my wife and go to the second drawer in our kitchen, you would have reason to challenge what I'm telling you. Why is it that the butcher's always got the blundest knives? You could go to the shop riding one of my knives at home and it wouldn't cut you. It's like a painter always has the, the house in the street that's not painted. I don't know, I don't know what that is. Not, not you, Terry, not you, but others. <laughs> it's just like that. And back in the day when you bought a new knife, it would have a manufactured edge on it. Just a manufactured one. You just get it out of the shop and, you know, and it'd be good for a month, right? It'd be good for a month and, and uh, you know, but when this is your job, when you're deliberate about being sharp, using a sharp knife, you've actually got to take this knife and you've got to put it on a grinder, a metal grinder, and you actually put it on the grinder and you hollow grind an edge into the blade. You with me? And when you're grinding steel, guess what? Sparks fly. Sparks fly. They just do. You've got, you've got iron sharpening iron. You've got, you've got, you know, it heats up. Things get a little hot. Sparks fly. And then after that, you've, you've got to put an edge on it. And so what you do, you know, to get this, and, and not just the steel. The steel's not going to do it, Right? Steel's not going to do that. You've got to be able to get a, an oil stone like this. Scripturally, we call that the rock. And you get some uh, uh, extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> like, get the extra one because it's purer. Right? And you get a little bit of oil, and you start to just put a little bit of oil on the rock. And then you start to sharpen the edge. And you slowly smooth that edge. You work that edge. It's called grace. And you sharpen it through like that. And you work it backwards and forwards. And you gently start to put a very fine chisel edge on that blade. And I'm telling you, when you're that sharp, you'll cut through anything. You will cut through any storm, any situation, any circumstance. You'll come out victorious. 
the same in church. You remember that person that grinds you the wrong way and sparks fly? You ever been there? What do you do about that? Oh, you change churches. You go to the church down the road until the next grinding. God's got better for you than that. Got better for you than that. You get a chance and, you know, when you're stirred up, you get a chance when you're rubbed the wrong way, you get a chance to, you know, take it to the rock and pour in a little bit of oil, start to shape a bit of grace into your life, allowing the Word to reinvent why you come to church. And the end result is you're sharper than you've ever been before. You're sharper. Why? Because that offence, that disappointment, that unfulfilled expectation will never take you down again, will never rob you, will never waste you of the years that you sat in that seat were ineffective for the kingdom of God and people's lives lost because you weren't sharp. Amen? I'm preaching to myself as well. This is where I learned this. Get connected. Don't just attend this church. Get connected. Get involved. Because I tell you what, the wolves attack the isolated sheep. The wolves don't attack the flock because the shepherd's there. You isolate yourself. You go off because you're offended, disappointed, unfulfilled expectation. I should have got that job. They should have appointed me to do that. Why did they do that for that person? They didn't do that for me. Wolves attack the isolated sheep. We've got to reinvent why we come to church. This is not an outing. Amen. It's a training session for life, to do life better, for generations to follow. We'll learn from you because you do it right. The third thing that we need to reinvent is our faith life. Our faith life. See, Hebrews, you talk about faith, you've got to do Hebrews. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. I love that. Listen to that. Faith is a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. Not for how much they knew, but for how much they actioned, they applied, they trusted God. And it goes on to list a, you know, a, the champions of the faith. And I love what it says that, that it was their faith life that they were commended for. Many of these guys never even saw what they believed for. Never even saw it. It happened generations, thousands of years later. But because they had the faith to believe for the, for the goodness of God, 
in every generation, the purpose of God, the plan for God, that they were a part of it. They didn't see the end of it. They never stood on the podium with the trophy at the end of that. They didn't. They were just part of the chain, the faith chain that brought it to pass. They were commended for it, commended for it by God. I believe they were just ordinary men who that chose to live a faith life by putting their trust in God. It's that simple. It's that simple. And, and just like you and me, we are faced to make that choice daily. There are decisions we make on a daily basis where we trust Him or we trust ourselves. That's the choice we make. But if you wanna, if you wanna build a faith life, if you wanna invent a faith life, you gotta trust him and go with it. I seriously believe we are robbed. We are robbed of, of a powerful faith life living in the blessed country that we're in. I love Australia. I mean, I love Australia. This is my country. I don't want to live anywhere else. I like to visit other places but I love coming home. This is home. This is great. But I've got to tell you this. As much as I love this country, for me to live a faith life here, to me to live a faith life in this country, I have to be deliberate. I have to be del- I've got very little outside forces, outside forces pushing me to my knees to trust him. Amen? I've got very little of those. Very little of those. We don't have to trust God for a meal tonight. We don't have to trust God for a roof over our head. But you know, at some point, these champions of the faith made a decision to rise up and to do something for God. I don't know their situations. I don't know their circumstances. But I don't think they were, were, were slaves that were imprisoned and were desperate. No, they were just ordinary people that chose to live a faith life. I want to live a faith life. I don't just want to warm a seat. I want to live a faith life. I want to be effective for the kingdom. Amen? It was their decision. It was their choice. You know, I remember 1994, um, I was over in Canada and I was in a meeting and, and the presence of God was unbelievable and, and God really just smashed my heart. He smashed my heart. I never heard an audible voice. You know, I never had any divine direction, you know, a burning bush, nothing like that. I just, I just remember ringing Annie one night and said, Honey, we have got to do something full time for God. We just got to do something. I had a small business, you know, uh, we were living life okay. And, and then they said to us, look, you know, we want to plant a church in Ormo, will you do it? And we said, yeah, okay. We've got to do something for God. We've got to do something for God. So highway started. See, the churchians want the church to do it for them. The Christians want Christ to do it through them. Listen to me. I get so many emails about what the church should be doing from people who don't, have never caught the revelation that they are the church. 
I don't disagree with them. I agree the church should be doing that. Why are you sending me the email? If God has spoken to you, you have a mission. If God has spoken, if he put an idea in your heart, if there's a burden upon your heart to bring good to someone in your world, why is the church to do that? When we are the church. You with me? Oh, we could be such a blessing, folks. We could be such a blessing in every street in this whole community that we live in simply because we're there and we're building a faith life. We're trusting God. God, I will step out. God, I will do that little thing you spoke to me. I will have a go for you and see what he does. We're missing out on so much of what God wants to do through us. Through us. You're not alone. The way maker, you step out, he, he'll work through you. You say, well, I, don't, I, don't, I can't do much. I, I, I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We can all do something. Even if it's to pray for India right now. We can all do something. Let me ask you this question. What are you doing to build a faith life right now? You might say, well, well, you know, I I come to church and that's, that's awesome. And that's awesome. And true, collectively together as the church, we can do amazing things together. Absolutely. I applaud that. I thank you for that. But personally, what are you doing to build a faith life for you? What's God speaking to you about? What is, what is God showing? What, what, what is God putting upon your heart when you see that news bulletin or, or, or you know, you heard that, that, that lady at the school gate? What? They need you. They need the church. That's us. See, we're not collective like an ideology. We're a community of individuals with the same purpose, trusting in the same God. That's what makes us different. See, if, 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 if you look at communism, you lose your identity as an individual because it's about the state. The kingdom of God is all about the individual. That we are in community and purpose together. And we have a mission. Build a faith life. Be decisive. Make a decision today. You know what? I'm going to do something for God. You will be amazed at what doors will open, what opportunities will come, and the thrill when God moves through you. You can't buy that. You can't buy it. What am I doing to reinvent my faith life? We're not going back from here, church. No reset. No reset. We're not going back to what we had before. We're going to reinvent 
what we will be to build a, a stronger and victorious future. We're going to win. Can't lose. We're going to win. But not as a church movement or as a sign over the door, but as individuals, as believers. So it doesn't matter where we are, Monday to, to, to Saturday, it doesn't matter where we are. We are effectively the church on mission, trusting Him. Amen? And Sunday we come, we celebrate, we get sharpened, we get rubbed the wrong way. We get ticked off. But you know, we deal with it, we get stronger, we get sharper, and nothing shakes us. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, today in this house, I thank you for the spirit that is upon us. I thank you for the guidance and the road ahead and the lamp upon our feet that we will do this journey and, and we will make it to the end. We, it'll be safer because you are showing us which way to go. And more importantly, Lord, that we're walking it. We're walking it. Step by step by step by step, we're walking it. We're not standing there. We're actioning what you're teaching us. And we're better for it as individuals. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning.